Before we begin, the Uluru Statement from the Heart calls for, among other things, truth-telling. In the spirit of this, Charlotte and I want to acknowledge the traditional custodians throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. We live, dance and podcast from Wunjuk Nonga Budja and Te Ati Awa Iwi of Aotearoa and we'd love to encourage you to go out and learn about the land you are on. Well said, Jethro. Seamless. Why, thank you. Right, yeah. Wrap yourself in both time to untangle the mess around. Your regular podcast, your host, Charlotte and Jethro. Yeah. We're getting better at this. this we are. Podcasting from other sides of yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah, Eventually, it'll be almost seamless. Welcome to Untangling the Messerant with Jethro and Charlotte. In this podcast, we discuss, deliberate, and downright argue about swing topics. Um, we are plan. in the Bunuru season of, Nungar, of the Nungar region right now, which is characterized by being the hottest season of the year. <laughs> um, also known as the adolescent season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, look, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's pretty hot. It's pretty gross. But though we had a bit of a cold snap last night and everything's fine. Uh, in this week's episode, though, we are going to be talking about our top tips for dance teachers. Cool. Yeah. That'd be useful for our for the swingsing teachers. We should we should make this the curriculum for our swingsing teaching team. We should make it mandatory for them to listen to this podcast. Really, they probably should. Yeah, if yeah, they don't yeah. already, they probably should. Yeah, I was going to say like, hi, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Danica. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so starting off, we're going to start off with a bit of a challenge update. So last week we challenged everyone to have a little bit of a boogie. Challenge! Bit, challenge! Uh, it'd be so cool if Amy <laughs> said it as well from behind. <laughs> um, <sighs> it, yes, to have a little bit of a dance to a non-jazz piece of music and see what, uh, what came of it. And so we had feedback yeah. on our Facebook page, which is like Yay. so exciting because that happens Someone maybe us a video. once every, what, 10 episodes? Maybe yep. once a Maybe. season, once a season, yeah. we get someone who actually, yeah, I know. So Chris um, <laughs> put up a video of him doing Shim Sham to Britney Spears. Yes. Solid, solid. It actually made me think of, remember MLX, they, for a few years, the very last song of the very last night, which was usually in the blues room, they would put uh-huh. Taylor Swift and everyone oh. would lose their minds. Like, it how was, did I miss this? Oh my God. How did you miss this? <laughs> Oh, it was at every MLX. I only went to three MLXs and it was on every year. And you and I went to one together. Okay. You must have been distracted. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was it was hilarious because everyone's... It's, you're pretty tired by the end of MLX. Oh, deliriously and, tired, yes. Yeah, and it's four o'clock in the morning and they funny. just put on Tay-Tay and everyone's like, I am here for everything you are giving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, we well had done, challenge Chris. complete. We had the challenge completed by Chris, yeah. Yeah, and I was Hopefully saying to you... other people did it as well. Yeah, hopefully they did. I mean, does it really count if they didn't put it up online? Does it, though? No. No, exactly. Um, One of the things that um, I actually made the whole Mount Hawthorne class, uh, teachers and students, do this without them knowing. (laughs) Because for... Uh um, I should be... You should be so proud. Uh, I'm It was... No, no, no. It was a solo jazz warm-up, right? And so instead of doing a jazz song, I played them this song. Hang on, let me play it for you. Oh no, it's got an ad! Shut up, ad! Hang on, let me skip the ad. Okay. 
Okay, here we go, here we go. it's a long song I'm not gonna lie we sort of didn't realize how long it was until we were like, in the thick of it but it's a good song and people like we were doing you know um, very t- you know typical 70s diva kind disco of disco time, kind of yeah. stuff and people oh, had a ball uh, it uh, all came about because Danica and I started like we, we themed our entire class around RuPaul Drag Race <laughs> and she was just is like there's a song a thing on that well, they do a lot of like lip syncs and stuff like that, and it's very disco oh, and very seventies, right. which is sort of the gotcha. epitome. Uh, so she's like, "Can we do the warm up to this song?" And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> also, ticking oh, a challenge. Brilliant. It was so good. It was so good. And now oh, we're getting I requests. Like Anna Sophia sent us a request of like, "Can you do what was the song she requested? She wants a warm up to be to Rasputin by Boney M. Ra ra Rasputin, uh, Russia's famous love machine." Da 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 da. Anyways, so no, maybe maybe we'll play that no. one. No, but, but I do know that one. I've literally like run through. So this, uh, in Dunedin, we pl- we realized that it was the twenty first night of September, and we're like, oh my god, there's a song about this, and we're all a little bit tipsy. So we started running around all the flats in our neighborhood, like busting into the lounge, playing that song on his phone, just like having a rave party for like that song, and then leaving and running to the next house. <laughs> when was this? <laughs> This is back in my uni days. Like right, I thought you meant like you and you and Amy, and I'm like, you haven't been there that long. What? You've just got no, no. <laughs> this is years ago, like an old student right. flat. Right, that sounds great. awesome. It was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> people were so confused. I can imagine. Anyway. It would have been a bit Podcast, like you know the Kool Aid Man, just like bursting into the, through the wall. <laughs> let's move on, Charlotte. We're moving yes, on. let's move on. So, good news of the week, Jet. You go. Oh, okay. Good news of the week. Um, so I couldn't decide which one to do. So I'm listing a few things really quickly. Okay. Um, because our listeners from ages ago will know that I will try to buy proper shoes the next time I need to choose. Yes. Because of our sustainability episode. Yes. I didn't buy crap shoes this time. Well done. I went out and bought some, I mean, they're Adidas shoes that have been re- like made from recycled ocean plastic. Okay. So... We went round and found a thing, and hopefully they last longer than my $20 pairs that I get from Target. Those lasted a relatively long time, though, to be fair. They did. They did. All things considered. But this hair's hopefully a bit better. Yeah. So, yeah, got new shoes. Um, also, for those that have been listening for ages, I got a new personal vest for my five-ball juggling. I've been doing well a lot done. of juggling recently. So yeah. I've improved that. But my 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 proper proper one is that I found eels. Like, we were hiking the other day. <laughs> it got a bit dark. And we're like, had our head torches in the water. And I'll, we had two eels come up and say hi. And we're like, oh my God. That's so cool. An eel in a stream coming to say hi. And I wanted to touch it. I wanted to give him a pat, but Amy wouldn't let me. Oh, you Sounds didn't get familiar? to pat the eel. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> no, the <laughs> difference is you were the one trying to make me touch a snake um, yes. or a monkey. The cobra. Both of which are much more dangerous than eels. <laughs> It's so, funny, yeah, for some reason, I didn't, uh, when I think of eels, I always think of saltwater. I never really associate with freshwater. Yeah, no, we've got a few freshwater species. Okay, cool. So that's been my good news. Yeah, nice. My good news is the experiment. The experiment oh, that, that happened. happened. Yeah, it went really well. I was, we'll talk a little bit more about it later on, uh, but it's, 
it happened. Nobody really knew what to expect, including us, the people <laughs> organizing it. But it happened, and people were were pretty stoked about it. So yeah. Okay. I'll yeah. look forward to hearing about it in World of Swing. Yes, yes. But uh, let's but move on to there, before we get there. Let's have a chat about swing zing stuff. All right, swing zing stuff. So I haven't been in classes for the last few weeks. So Correct. what's happened in the last few weeks, Charlotte? So last few weeks, we we actually had a bal blitz this past uh, oh, Sunday, uh, Saturday. So C and Fiona taught a a crash course in all things Balboa. So which we had a pretty good turnout. We had about twenty students show up for Sweet. that, which is really cool. Good so job. hopefully they'll be in class on Thursday. If you're listening to this, yes, they uh, they can continue their Balboa journey on Thursday nights at eight. We also had it was the last week of the current setup of teachers, so we're shifting things around. Uh, in the month of March, so I'm going to be teaching with Andrew and Bayswater on Tuesdays, and then oh, cool! So it's Fee- tonight. Yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah. So and then Fee and Monica and, and I'm just going to call her Monica. I'm like her name's not Monica. What am I doing? And Monique are uh, heading off for camping adventures for the next two weeks. So it's we've got um, Mia Royce and C. Yeah, Mia and C doing Lindy One, which is very exciting. It'll be Mia's first uh, teaching. I mean, she teaches other stuff, but it's the first time she'll be teaching dance. Then Danica and I are doing Lindy Two, and then Royce and I will be doing Bal Dev for the next couple of weeks. Yay, Royce! Yay! Hi, Royce. Hi, Royce. He totally doesn't. Well, he does actually listen every once in a while. Remember, we're not terrible. That's true. Yeah, We're not terrible. Glowing, glowing (laughs) recommendations. Uh, the other thing that we've got, because the Bell Blitz went so well on Saturday, we've actually booked another one in for the 27th of uh, March. So there's a little bit okay. more lead time this time. <laughs> but what we're yep. going to do is we're going to get people ready for Hullabaloo. And we're ah. going to do a Bell Blitz. And then we're going to do Blues. Blues gotcha. Blitz with Royce and Monique are going to teach that one. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And then it'll be followed by a social. Yeah. Which will either be really, really fast music or really, really slow music. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, you so guys are essentially awesome the same things. dance. Thanks for so much for making swingsing stuff happen. No worries. It's fun. I just sort of go um, like, you're, you're doing this. Now go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got some swingsing news from New Zealand as well. Ooh. Do uh, tell. Um, so I got a message today, literally a few hours ago, from, uh, uh, from Karen, who was like, hey, I'm Karen from Rhythm Riot in Dunedin, which is my old, like, that's yeah, where I learned yeah. to swing dance, down Dunedin way. Hey, Jethro, it's Karen. Uh, just been chatting with Akriti. Um, We've invited her to come and teach at our festival we have every year. And we're asking her what kind of um, leads or who she wants us to come down. And she put your name forward. Yay! So I get that's to go teach with Akriti. Awesome. That's awesome. That's so cool. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So I've been yeah. in New Zealand for a month and I'm already getting gigs. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Akriti. Yeah. I wonder if Akriti listens to this. Maybe you should send her this episode. Oh, yeah, I should. I've just been like, hey, mm. listen to this thing. Yeah, 10 tips on how to teach. Akriti, listen to this thing. Oh, awkward. Yeah, maybe not this episode. <laughs> maybe you should send her the awkward, that embarrassing stories episode. Yeah, yeah. I true. feel like that'll be much about her alley. Um, cool. Shall we move on to other things? Yeah, I think we, we need to move on to another soundbite. Oh, 
lag between when I do the soundbite and it actually comes on. So now I've started to try to time it towards the end of a sentence. And what it does effectively is just cut Jethro off. We'll get there. We'll get there in the end. So World of Swing. World of did swing. you have a thing? Oh, I did have a thing. I didn't get a chance to see it because I've been like road tripping around New Zealand since I got back. But there was... Mm. There was an interview with a, uh, is it a Marcel or... Marcel Durden. Professor Marcel Durden. Um, He's a hip-hop dancer and vernacular jazz dancer, an amazing person. Apparently he had an interview with Frankie Manning and he posted it. It was like the first time it's gone public was on the 21st of February or something. There was a, a, a Zoom event. Okay. And I missed it. So I tried looking for it. And I couldn't find it. So if anyone out there has seen it or knows where it is, and so I can go back and watch it, please let us know. This is more of a call out rather than a sharing world of swing. It's like, this thing happened and we all missed it. Can someone tag me, please? It looked really cool and I couldn't see it. So yeah, can someone please let me know? But when was the the chat actually had? Because presumably it was before 95. Yeah, I don't know much more about it than that. Ages ago, you don't know? I don't know. I don't know anything about the interview other than that it was being released. All right, Chris, go for it. You you are now in charge of uh, going down that rabbit hole and finding out what the heck Jethro is talking about. So I do have the, <laughs> the Facebook event link, and I will put it up in the show notes if to use as a starting point for, yeah, yeah. for the, the journey. Obviously, already happened, so yeah, anyway. Yeah. So yeah, that's my contrib- contribution to World of Swing. <laughs> What's yours, Charlotte? Mine is the experiment. Yay! Cool. How did it go? What was it? it so the, uh, what it was, and we still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was well okay so it was an experiment for me as well in the sense that um i had to MC it and you know what oh. my MCing skills are like they're so you're actually MCing or facilitating no i was MCing. MCing, um, right, okay. like slash facilitating it was kind of a yeah. all rolled into one kind of role yeah yeah um and i was so, so ridiculous about three hours yes yeah okay yeah it, it, I was I was a wreck. I was such a nervous wreck. And I had a chat to a few people afterwards and they were just like, you didn't look it. And I was like, okay, good. At least it's like, it's well hidden. But like, <laughs> I was having a chat to Kim after the, the first set. And like, she's like, so are you still nervous? And I just sort of lifted my hand and it was like proper trembling, like full oh, on the shakes. Geez. But it, it, I think it went well. Uh, people got things out of it. So basically what we had is we had Adrian playing... A song, um, like Corner Pocket Swing. Sorry? With Oz Big Band, I assume? With Oz Big Band, yeah. So Adrian, um, the MD from Oz Big Band, he was playing an example, for example, Corner Pocket Swing. And he had it, remember that class we did with Gordon Webster where he like overswung something and then played it really Ah, straight? Ah, yes. Similar to that, but instead of having it straight and super swung, it was a bit more minute than that. It was like 40s swing versus 50s swing. Oh. And so, because I didn't realize that there was actually quite a big difference between all of that. I and, wouldn't have realized either. Well, yeah. So, he, and he was explaining the difference between, you know, a, a Count Basie kind of swing versus, uh, I don't know, someone like Glenn Miller kind of swing. Wow, okay. So he was playing one tra- one chart in two different ways and he wouldn't play, the, yeah. they didn't play the whole thing. They played maybe, I don't know, a, a minute of the whole chart and then stopped and then they played it again so people could compare. And then they did another set where they would, throughout the song, they would drop out different sections. So the drums would drop out or the bass would drop out or the brass or things like yep. that to see if people could clock it and see yep. how empty the sound sounds without those um, 
without and I those elements. All the dancers are dancing during that's happening during the band yeah playing? they're they're all dancing okay. through it um and that, i guess that's one of the things that it's really easy to get distracted and be like yay dancing and yeah, so yeah. It, it, we had to were sort you, of Were you in a circle and rotating or was it just social dancing? No, no, no. It was just social dancing. So people could dance yeah. with whoever they wanted and there was a lot of people Well, they could sit and jazz. listen. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we sort of let people do whatever they wanted to do. Then we had a bit where you, like a mix and match, instead of matching up a lead and a follow, it was a dancer with a musician. Uh-huh. So it would be like I had there's Emily Clark and Braun and Fee and uh, Russell and like a whole bunch of people and Blair participating in that. And when it was the soloist's time to to shine, the the dancer would go up front and sort of like jam with them. Yeah. Okay. Um. So there was that. And then my favorite, I think, one of my favorite things that happened is that to close off the event, we did a shim sham, but we did a shim sham where it was like right. Who can go faster? And so the band was progressively getting faster and faster and faster and faster. And then the dancer's going, ah, it ends in social dancing. I didn't think this through. <laughs> oh, so you just didn't, didn't loop the chorus. You actually went well, to Well, some the... people did. I, I looped the chorus. Um, and then yeah. some people went out and social danced and stuff like that. Yeah. But okay. it was really fun. And it was, uh, uh, and Adrian was saying that it was actually uh, challenging for the band to have to do that because how do you... As, as a whole group of 17 people, how do you all together speed up progressively at the same time? Yeah, Who yeah. Who are you feeding off of and stuff like that? So it was, yeah, it was really interesting. And I was saying to Adrian, I was like, oh my God, can you please do this for like Mustang? Just freaking do it. And then it, the thing is, because it's going so fast by the end of it and everyone's so excited, it just naturally lends itself to a jam circle. Right. Yeah. Okay. A jam circle to shim sham. so pass. Everyone's so puffed that exactly. I need a break. Someone else go in for me. Exactly. So yeah, so that was a lot of fun. And then we had Vicky who um, does uh, sketching and stuff like that. She was set up in a corner with her easel and was doing these big sketches. So yeah, it was a lot oh, of fun. Cool. Awesome. I'm glad it went so well. Yeah. Jealous we, I wasn't there. Yeah. Well, we can't. I wish you had been. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Maybe for the next one because we're we're hoping to do it again. Um, I, we don't know when. Awesome. But we are hoping yeah, to yeah. do it again because it did go quite well. And we did a thing actually. The band didn't realize that I was going to do this. Awkward. I didn't uh, tell them until the moment, but uh, because it's it's basically we got they did it for free, you know, which is okay. insane for a seventeen piece big band. Um, so basically, all we had to cover was venue hire, and so we managed to do the event for five bucks a head, um, yeah. which is pretty cheap. And so to to I guess thank the band, I was like, yeah, it's been a really tough year for artists, so I've put a jar at the entrance, and if you want to make a donation to the band, just drop some money in the jar. And yeah, lots of people just dropped money. Like there were people dropping 20s and stuff like that. And That's Michelle was awesome. like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's to contribute to, because they're a community band, so they don't really, they don't get paid uh, awesome. and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, that was fun. Cool. Yeah. World and then I'm going to chat. Yeah, World of, I'm just going to shout one more thing really quickly about World of Swing. Hullabaloo. Registrations are opening this week. Oh. Oh, yes. So Ooh. we've got all the venues are booked, all the bands are booked, the teachers are booked, everything is done. We have a logo, we have a design, everything is woo. So we will be opening Ready registrations this week. I know. Sweet. Very exciting. It's very exciting. <laughs> no wonder you've been so busy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ah, it's fine. <laughs> Doing podcasts and running hullabaloo. Uh, with with the team. With the team. I would not be able to do it without a team. But uh, should we go into to some good words? 
I think we really have to do this really quickly. So, yep, go for it. Okay. <clears throat> Wedding Day! <sighs> All right. So you go on this tour. I've been teaching Amy a few local Maori like birds and places and things. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to try to get you to, to say these words. I'm going to give you the letters, so you might want to write them down. Okay, hang on, let me, yep, yep. So, so the first one, in Australia, you guys call it, uh, hang on, let me, just, let me just read out the letters. Okay. P-U-K-E-K-O. So, P-U-K-E-K-O. Pukeko? Pukeko? <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty close. Pukeko. Pukeko. Yes! Pukeko. I, my, okay, so I'm not going to lie. I thought that one through. I initially was going to go... Um, oh, I was, I was going to say it differently, and I was like, no, 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 wait. Remember what little you know about Maori. The pronunciation is different, so I, I winged it. <laughs> um, so yeah, Pukeko, it's a purple swamp hen. So in Australia, you guys see those birds with a giant red beak, and they're kind of purpley and got black wings and yeah, okay. walk around in swamps. Yeah, so in New Zealand, we call them a Pukeko. Okay. Cool. All right. So the next one is K E R E R U. So hang on. And the so U. Oh. K E E R E. Yeah. R U. But the U has a hat. It's got. A, is it an omelet? Is that the the line? No, omelet is the two dots. It's I don't know what oh, you okay. call it in English. We call it accent circonflexe. Accent circonflexe is the line. Yeah. That was actually that pretty close. That was actually pretty good. Uh. <laughs> Kereru? Yeah, yeah, kereru, yes. Kereru. Kereru. So kereru. these are the birds, they're, they're a New Zealand wood pigeon. Uh, if you search them on internet, the first thing that shows up is inebriated kereru in backyards. Like they, they just drink berries and hang upside down and fall out of trees. They're, they're kind of funny birds. Excellent. They get drunk on fermented beer. So yeah, they were easy to catch <laughs> for the Maldives to eat. So yeah, Because they kereru. were drunk all the time? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> cool. It's like those, you uh, those, you get videos like that from the States of where it's like a squirrel that's just had yeah, a little yeah. bit too much fermented apple and is just like wandering <laughs> home over. with a yeah. butterfly's path. And the last one that for the life of Amy, she can't actually say, but tries all the time. She'll get it eventually. T-O-N-G-A-R-I-R-O. That's just cheating at Scrabble. R I R O. Tongariro? Oh, close. Yeah, Tongariro. Tongariro. So, Tongariro National Park is a national park that's like um, north of Wellington. Okay. They've got a day hike where you literally climb up a couple of like volcanic craters and then you've got to get down the other side before it erupts. You can't camp on it. You've got, Fun. To, you've got to do it on one day. You can't like overnight there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. Nice one. So those are the words I've been teaching Amy over the last road trip. Well done. Well done, Amy. <laughs> All right. Your turn. Word in good right. What you got? My word is, it's a Portuguese word, and it's called, it's namorar. So namorar. Namorar. So N-A. Namorar. Yeah, that's exactly right. You, you nailed it. Uh, for those playing at home, it's namorar. N-A-M-O-R-A-R. Oh, and okay. namorar yeah. is the act of doing something with your significant other, essentially. So namorado is boyfriend, namorada is girlfriend, and namorar 
is just doing something with them. So it can so be anything. It's not necessarily you go a shopping. Score. Yeah, you go like window shopping, or you know, we're gonna go to the we go to the movies, or, or we're gonna go for a walk, or we're gonna go grocery shopping, whatever. Yeah, okay. It's just okay. hanging out with with someone that you like, <laughs> which I think no is kind of cute. No. Yeah. All right. Everyone's here to learn about to... how to swing dancing. Yes. All right. So we let's probably do should this. start talking points. Who's talking? You're talking. I'm talking. We're talking. Talking about. And she said. Who said? She said. What you talking about? Talking on me. Talking point. So this time when I listened to it, when it says, and then she said, and for whatever reason, the way I heard it was Da Vinci said, and I'm like, who's Da Vinci? What? what? Oh, it's really sad that Amy doesn't hear these things because I've got my headphones on. She can't hear that. Yeah. She'd be pissing herself laughing. Well, she can listen to the episode. You can literally share just the sound bites with her. I could. Yeah. 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 Has she not ever heard the sound bites? Not the new ones. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, she she listened to the the sustain, sustainability episode. To yeah, double check my work apparently. And how but did you do? Listened to the new ones. Did you pass? Oh, she was okay with it. She, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Fair. So yeah, today's talking, talking point. point: we are talking about tips for teachers because we've been we've been teaching for a while, and so yep. we we thought we've we made would a lot share. Of mistakes. We've made so many mistakes. So this is our the benefit of our mistakes is we've yes. distilled it to about maybe ten. Ish. Yeah, I think we've got to 10. Okay. I mean, there's more Some out there, but we distilled it to yeah. 10, 10 top tips that you, people should do. So should we do a volley? You go, I go? Yes. 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 Do you want me to start? Okay, you, you start. You go for it. Okay. First tip for swing dancers. First tip for swing dancers. Be kind. <laughs> swing okay. dance teachers. That, that seems really obvious, but, but yes. can you elaborate? I can elaborate. So what I mean by that is the way that you verbalize things and the way that you, it can be sometimes if someone doesn't get something and sometimes there are people who don't get things for a very long time. We're not talking about just one class. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just being, you know, being understanding and being patient and being supportive regardless, because at the end of the day, this is a social activity that they're doing and people learn better if, if they're, I don't know, if they're supported in that. So I think it was, well, the, the way, what comes to my mind is when I was a student in a million years ago, uh, something that stuck with me was uh, a teacher said to me, the, the problem with you is that you over-rotate. Now, they were not necessarily wrong, but the <sighs> phrasing of that has stuck with me till this day. And that Evidently. was about, that was seven, eight years ago. And it really made me self-conscious. And I, right. no sentence should ever start with the problem with you. <laughs> ever. Okay. So the, well, that's what All I right. mean about like when you're giving feedback or when you're trying to demonstrate a point, be mindful of how you speak to someone. Yeah, okay. And I suppose as teachers, we do want to not necessarily point out flaws, but we want to correct like mistakes yeah. that we see. And yeah. there's obviously ways that you can do that that can destroy someone's confidence. So no, that, I guess I see what you're saying. It's easy to be like, oh, um, stop doing that and try this. Yeah. It could be a little bit negative. It can be, yeah. Okay, so be kind. Um, I put in the same category as this, um, something that Fee, it's kind of a bit of a philosophy that Fee's um, talked about as well, is that treat... Well, not treat, just 
remind yourself that everyone in your class is an expert at something. Like they're a professional at something. They could be an architect or a doctor or mm. who knows? Who knows what profession they are? But just because they don't know how to swing out, they're not a kindergartner. Yeah. Like you see, I hear a lot of teachers talking to students as if they're idiots. Yeah. And it's quite patronizing. Very patronizing. And it's, they don't realize they're doing it. They think they're being kind. They think they're being nice and slow, but they're, yeah, they sound like they're talking to a kindergartner. Yeah. Which is not how anyone wants to be talked to. No, exactly right. And at the end of, and especially in the classes that we run, we run classes for adults. So everyone yeah. should just speak as an adult. Yeah. There's a, there's a fallacy that humans have, and that is that we underestimate how long it takes to learn a skill that we already know. Yeah. So if we know how to use a, a phone, like a smartphone, we'll estimate that, you know, oh, it takes someone, you know, an hour or so to learn how to use this. Mm. But then when someone actually goes to learn it, it takes like a week. Yeah. But the more you know how to use that phone, the less time you estimate it takes yeah, okay. for that skill to be developed. So someone yeah. that's been using a phone for 10 years, oh no, it takes like 10 minutes to learn. Yeah. And so there's it's also the... inbuilt into our psyche that we've got to overcome that. And there's also the fact that people just generally have different aptitudes. Some people are naturally yeah. pretty good at maths or, you know, hand-eye coordination, all that stuff. So even if you have two complete beginners, they're not going to progress it the same way. And that's okay. As long as, you know, what, what they're getting out of it is what they came there for. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so that's kind of the first tip. Tip one, be kind, be respectful. Yeah. Treat them like adults because they are Treat, adults. Yeah, probably. exactly. <laughs> Unless you're teaching a kid's class, in which case just tell them they're doing it wrong. <laughs> that, that's the moral of the story. Moral of the story. Treat adults like adults kids, and children adults. like idiots. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, should we go on to tip number two? Yes, that's yours. Oh, yeah, because oh. you, you, you replicated this one. Um, yeah, always yeah. over prep for class. <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. So what I mean by um, that is... Examples, so yeah. Not necessarily over prep as in plan everything out to the minute, but depending on who you're... Because you, you and I... You write a script? No, yeah. So you and I word? don't need to do that. We barely prep anyway. We just like, what do you want to teach? This? Yeah, all right. <laughs> there, that hasn't always been the case. Yeah. Um, and depending what we're teaching, we will require a little bit more prep time. But what I mean by that is more, always have a little bit more in your bag, just in case everyone smashes through the content. <laughs> Which because doesn't happen often, it, but when it does, you're screwed. You call with your pants down. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. And it'll always yeah. be the class where you're just like, oh my God, this is going to take them forever to learn. And then you're 15 minutes in and you're like, shit. <laughs> and the class where you have like four hours worth of material because you're like, yeah, they don't even, they don't even get past the rock step. And you're like, why is that? What was that class that we taught once? We had a whole sequence and we literally got stuck on the first eight. <laughs> we didn't move past the first eight until like half past. And we're like, well, let's redesign that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the, the estimating how long things take to learn is hard. Yeah. And if you do have a prep for class and you don't get through the material, just shift it to the next week. Exactly. So there, there's no like, downside of over prepping. No. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Cool. And for you, tip number two. Um, so we're now going on to, well, if we go, our first one was combined. So that was tip number two that you just said. Okay. So now if I do tip number three. Yep. Go for it. Okay. Um, so uh, I, this is something that's, I've learned a lot with doing private lessons that have been able to help encourage my, or help benefit my teaching into group classes. Mm -hmm. And that is to learn about your students. 
Okay. So many people go into a class and just recite a class. They've just they know what class they're teaching and they're paid no attention to who they're actually talking to and mm. just go. Yeah. But who knows in that class what kind of learners they are, for example. Yeah. So everyone learns, like we say, at different speeds, but also in different ways. Yeah. Some people just need to repeat a move over and over and over again. <clears throat> Some people need to see it over and over again. Some people need to see it written down. Yeah. Or like understand the like the ins and outs of the entire thing before they attempt it. So mm. figure out in your class how they actually learn. So with a private lesson, it's easy because there's only two people in the class usually. So mm. I can figure out really quickly like, okay, these kind of people... They just need to repeat moves. So I'll find a sequence, teach them that, and then just repeat it over and over and over and over again, six in the muscle memory, and then they're sweet. Move on to the next thing. Yeah. In a bigger class, it's harder. Well, because there, there might be several pin- different types of those people. Yeah, chances are. But then you can kind of figure out maybe who's going slowest. Mm. Okay, they need to learn this way. So let's yeah. just all repeat the same thing over and over again to pick them back up. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is to learn who's in your class about why they are there. Yeah. So if a wedding couple comes for a private, obviously, okay, they're here to learn a wedding dance. We try to make it a fun, enjoyable thing, but they just need to get a routine out of it. Like they just need to get yeah. a routine that they can perform, and that's fine. So that's that's their goal. If people come to a swing dance class, are they there to meet new people? Mm-hmm. Which the vast majority are there for, yeah. to hang out with their friends. Even though they might say they want to learn all the like technical, complicated stuff they probably still want to hang out with people and have fun. Yeah. So some people, when you ask them why you're here, will say the answer that they should say, not what they actually are there for. Feel, yeah. Deep down. So, yes, ask them, but try to figure it out for yourself as well. Yeah. Maybe they are there to learn a technique. Maybe they're mm. there to get fit. So you just need to play some fast songs over and over and over again. Oh, you know, getting just, fit uh, is different for different people. It might literally just be moving around for an hour. Yeah. You know? And if you're there uh, talking for 45 minutes, they don't get to do that. They don't. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's a good one. I like so, that. Learn about your students. That's your tip yes. number three. I wonder if that ties into why you, subconsciously, why you prefer small classes. Yeah, potentially, actually. Mm. It means I can target the, the material a bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, my well, mine kind of tip number four: jump into rotation. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so this it's not always easy to do. Um, no, especially if there's a big discrepancy of lead versus follow. It's yep. it can be a bit of a challenge. So I will often jump into rotation, but I will often jump into rotation as a lead. Which actually, yeah, so this goes back to that numbers, question. Though. Sorry. But that's to it even is out to, numbers, though. It is to even yeah. out numbers, but I'm also able. And this is so. This is goes back to a question that I think everyone who has ever done a private as a student has asked themselves: of like, do I ask? Like, let's use Michael and Evita. <laughs> oh, I forgot to talk yep. about them. Uh, do I, as a follow, take a private with Michael, or do I take a private with Evita? Because Evita can speak to me as a follow, but Michael can speak to me as this is what it feels like, and he can guide me through that. So I actually yeah, find yeah. it as when I'm leading, I find it easier to give to coach follows. Okay. Because I'm actually physically dancing with them so I can tell what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's actually as much as I feel bad jumping in as a lead all the time, it's good for the follows in my class, which is arguably who as a following teacher are the people that I should be teaching to. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no. I see what you're saying. So therefore I should be jumping in as a follow. So then I could tell the leads like, oh, okay, 
this is what uh, I would do as a lead. Potentially. I can, like, see what they're doing, like, yeah. firsthand. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I would okay. still like, I, I, I would like to jump in as a follower more often because I don't often get to. <laughs> yeah, I would like to jump in as well. Like, it's, it is, there's a lot of things that you can't see that you just only get by feel. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and, and it I also think... gives the people in the class a chance to dance with someone that can follow it or lead it really well. Yeah, exactly. And so, so they, they get can a chance to see what it feels like. This is what it's yeah. meant to feel like, quote unquote. Let me try. Oh, it doesn't feel exactly the same. Try this, blah, blah, blah. But the other yeah. thing that I think is really important in jumping into rotation was brought to my attention from a, a while ago was that it breaks down the teacher and students barrier. Oh, the hierarchy. Um, the... Yeah, exactly. Because there's yeah, yeah. A, a few people now who have uh, mentioned that they 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 quite like swing thing, <laughs> because well because there is there 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 isn't any of that. They they never cool. feel. I mean, they might feel a little bit intimidated to ask one of us for a dance, but they they will still do it because awesome. they have danced with us before, and it's they've realized how silly we are. <laughs> so <laughs> I and, think that I, helps I, just being idiots. Yeah, but I genuinely yeah. think like actually physically dancing with them, with everyone all the time, just makes it easier to then ask the question, would you like to have a dance? Like, yeah, of course. That's true. Yeah, it does break yeah. down that. Okay. Um, other benefits of jumping in a rotation? I mean, I like that point in time to give people that one-on-one feedback. Yeah. So going back to the last point of learning about your students, I know if a student's there for fun, I can just have a bit of a laugh and do some silly moves. Or if a student's there to learn some technique, just really hone in on something, give them something to work on for the next like three yeah. or four rotations. That's when you give that student-specific stuff. Yeah. All right. All right. Point number I'm five. I'm still recording. I hope so. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I just said my phone went to like black screen. Okay, it is recording. Point number five... Teach what you do. Again, this this sounds quite quite obvious and simple, but I've I've seen a few teachers like parrot something that their teacher has taught them. Yeah, and I I was guilty of that. You called me out on that when we first started teaching, and I will put my hand yeah. up. I'm physically putting my hand up for that. Um, and because the thing is, things. I didn't realize that it wasn't what I was doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so if you have that ability to like double check with yourself, like, hang on, wait, did I, did I triple step through that pop turn or did I step step through that pop turn? What mm. did I just do with my feet? And then teach what you do. Don't yeah. tell everyone to triple step and then do a step step. Yeah. Or don't tell everyone to, you know, you've got to pulse every single beat, mm. but then take your pulse out when you feel like, you know, you're doing some, uh, a variation. Yeah. Figure out what you are doing and then teach that. Because, yeah, it's easy to fall into that trap of just, repeating something that sounds correct well then the the reality is then if you're just parroting if someone asks you to a bit more of a technical question about what you're just parroting you're going to be at a loss because it's not what you actually do so you won't be able to figure it out unless someone's asked that teacher that what often happens is they they give the answer that they think they should answer like right so you know pulse more <laughs> not the answer to everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, they just kind of get themselves in a bit of a hole. And as a student, when I'm learning and I see someone do something, I pick up on like, okay, that was his right foot. And then someone asks a question, step back with your left foot. Like, what? Hang on, wait. Do I do what you say or do I do what you do? Yeah. <laughs> I've been to some that. classes like that actually where 
yeah, it was, it was quite challenging. I'm like, I actually am not sure what I'm meant to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, that's you a good one. Just, you got to choose one of the other. So yeah. That is a good one. what you do. Yes. So my next one is do both roles. Okay. I think. Doing both roles. Why? So. As a uh, student or as a teacher? No, as a teacher. So teach both roles? No, no, no. Uh, know how to do both roles, even if so. Gotcha. I teach predominantly following. Well, yep. at the moment, I teach predominantly leading. leading. However, <laughs> usually I would teach following mostly, but I think yeah. it, it has been immensely helpful to learn how to lead. Why? Because there are things well, that I was that because it doing... sounds good. No, no. I well, it does sound good, <laughs> but genuinely. So aside from the fact that I genuinely enjoy leading. Now, okay. I've gotten yeah. to the point where I can have fun with it, but it, there were things that I was doing as a follow that had been said to me, like, oh, you do this thing. And I'm like, yeah, cool. But it, I, I wasn't able to relate it to like what the actual impact of that was until yep. I started leading and like, oh, if Stay the follow the doesn't line. hold on to their momentum, then I've got nothing to lead. I understand what that means now. Having nothing yep. to lead. Whereas before, like, you could say the words and I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I'm still here. I don't understand. So actually being able, and you know, it doesn't have, you don't have to be the same level of leading and following, but having a, a basic understanding, I think, of the opposite role for a partner dance, I think is really valuable. How does that make you a better teacher for following? Well, first of all, I'm able to lead the follows so that I can give them tips because then I can yeah, see okay. what yep. feels differently and we you know what they can work on. Yep. Um, I think it's also given me an eye for recognizing patterns better than I did as a follow. Just like we, we've talked about in the past where, you know, follows don't know names of, of moves mm-hmm. because we, we don't care. <laughs> Neither do leads. There's, there's no real names for Lindy Hop. Anyway, no, but, like, but that's not the point. You know what I mean? Like if you say yeah, mostly, yeah, you know, do a tuck turn, leads are like, yep, got it. Um, yeah. And so being able to, I guess, visualize the dance in that way, because I now lead as well, makes it easier for me to break down and therefore explain to followers. Okay. Um, so I, I definitely have run into that trouble with teaching with a follow, where followers come to a class prep and be like, I don't know any moves. I don't know what we should teach. Mm-hmm. So as a follow learning to lead, learning some vocabulary means they can actually bring more moves to the table when we plan yes, class planning. Yes, that is true. Um, so I can see that benefit. I would like to make a note as well, actually, just as a sidebar, that yep. even though I, I teach predominantly follow, I never consider myself, and I'd, I'd be interested to think hear what you say. I don't think, <laughs> when I go into class, I don't think I'm, I'm here to teach the follows. Does that make sense? Like, I'm here to teach the class. Yeah. I never really, like, yes, I will focus on the movement of the follows, but that doesn't necessarily apply to just the follows, if that makes sense. Okay. I don't know. I guess I just, I just realized I never really thought about it in that way. Yeah. I see what you're like, in a, when a class is happening and I see a follow doing something, I will still obviously go and help the follow exactly. that's struggling. I won't just teach to the leads, but I do also try to resist teaching too much to the followers as a group like I yeah. let you kind of make those comments mm. and if I do see something I'll be like psst 
Hey, Charlotte. Yeah. Do you think all the followers are doing a forwards rock step? <laughs> I love Tell how you're like, to. You, you don't do the... So you're like, Charlotte! <laughs> you're doing it wrong! Like, Damn it! <laughs> this is that whisper time, Jethro. Remember, we talked about whisper time. <clears throat> Um, so yeah, if I see the followers doing something, they're all doing it. I'll try to get you to tell the followers to do it. Yeah, because I feel like it comes from more authority then. Yeah, but do you, do you agree in this? Like you, when you teach the class, you teach the whole class. Because yes. Okay. <laughs> the look on your I face would... is like, if it, you know, like when dogs like sort of cock their head to one side and go like food. <laughs> <laughs> I think I teach the whole class but when I start getting into technique or um, one-on-one feedback then I'll target the leads yeah I'm just trying to think if there's any leads out there who don't follow who are worse off teachers because of it your whole point is that learn both roles to become a better teacher yes I'm trying to think of it from a leads point of view yeah could a lead still be a really good teacher without knowing how to follow? They might know the follow concepts because they've heard it a thousand times because they've taught yeah. with follows, but they don't, may not know how to put it into their body, into practice. Well, I'd be interested to see how many sort of, you I know, get that international... It, well, I mean, just even from a... Oh, I see what you're saying. But like, makes, I can't imagine very many top-level dancer instructors not at least having a rudimentary understanding and practice of both roles. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just inevitable that they're going to. Yeah, exactly. If, if for no yeah. other reason. And I think um, Alex was saying that he was having a chat the other day about, like, plateauing and what can you do to get yourself out of yeah, a plateau. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I suggested is, like, just learn the other role. You know, if you want. Yeah. It can be yeah, something yeah. that can then reignite interest and give you a different perspective on the same role. And even if you continue with the initial role, it just gives you a different insight into it. Mm. Um, so if for no other reason than for that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely get that as a benefit. I'm just trying to figure out exactly how much benefit it is as a teacher. As in like, should I tell all the swingsing teachers to learn both roles? We kind of already kind do. Of director. I know they all do already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By choice. Yeah. I want to make it, Mandatory, that's the word. Yeah, as if anything is mandatory in Swing Zing. <laughs> hey, I can be authoritarian if I want to. You can't even say the word. I just did. <laughs> uh, look, you can give it a red hot go, but we already yeah. all do both roles, so it's fine. Yeah, no, yeah, it's fine. All right. What's your next one? Cool. Number seven, I believe. Next one? Number seven. Oh, crap, where are we up to? Oh, this is a good one that... Um, has helped our teaching together a lot. This okay. is the debriefs. Yes. So especially in our earlier days teaching together, we used to, after class, we would chat. We'd drive home together because we carpooled mm-hmm. and we'd be like, okay, what went well? What didn't go well? Yeah. Why? What effect did yeah. it have? It, all those kind of things. And it's sometimes a bit hard when your classes don't go well and you're like, yeah. oh, I don't want to debrief that class. But those are yeah. the, obviously the best times to debrief. Exactly, yeah. So and it's not necessarily, okay. it's not necessarily about, it can just be the content of like that material, like that concept with that concept didn't flow together. And it, yeah. it was, it was hard to like hammer that into the class because it just, there, there was actually on paper, it looked good, but when people actually did it, it made no sense. 
Yeah. So yeah. it would be like debriefing, things like that as well. And I agree. Debriefing is super important, especially if it's in a new teaching relationship. Yep. But then as you get further on, I definitely recommend still doing it as well. Yeah. And I mean, there's even some things that are not really dance related, but if you debrief enough, you can kind of realize like, oh, that class didn't go so well. Why didn't it go so well? Well, I was feeling a bit hungry when I started, and then I got really grumpy really quickly for some reason. Oh, I can't imagine why. Why Are you speaking from experience, Jethro? Never. No. (laughs) Jethro always had snacks before class. Yeah. So keeping, I don't know, you you figure out kind of patterns that way. If you debrief constantly, you can realize like, oh, okay, when I've had a good day, I'm in a good mood, and everyone Mm. in the class has a good time. Yeah. If my boss has yelled at me, and I come to class, and my partner is in but mopey the students have a bad time yeah so you can kind of see those patterns and it feels really obvious but sometimes you don't actually realize it until you talk about it with someone yeah and it can even be things as simple of like right who's going to count in today and who's going to call rotate yes you know things like like that the entire time i was counting from eight and you were counting from five like the five (laughs) six five yeah 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 six who's not yeah Talking about it, figuring out what system to use makes yeah. the next class so much smoother if you just talk about it. Debrief. Yeah. Debrief, debrief. Oh, that's a good one. I, I highly... What if you do solo jazz? <laughs> debrief with yourself. Yeah. No, then you can do debriefs by yourself. Yeah. You can write But then you can down. ask, potentially ask someone trusted who took the class of like, can you give... Yeah. And I've done that in the past. I've, I've, you know, people in the class, I'm like, can you... And I, you have to tell them before. It's no point asking yes. them afterwards because afterwards, like, ah, oh, I wasn't paying attention. I was talking to Kim the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, just yeah. literally asking people, hey, do you mind? I would love some feedback from this class. Can you just pay attention in that way? And yeah. it's been, it's really helpful. It's genuinely okay, helpful. Cool. Yeah. Um, one, one thing, I, one caveat I will say with the debriefs is try to make it like kind, but uh, still honest. Yeah. Which can be quite hard to flip. Because if you've had a class and your partner was annoying you the whole time, mm. you do have to tell them that you were, annoying, were annoying me. Yeah. Like, it's a hard conversation to have, but it's only going to get worse if you don't bring it up. Yeah. So 100%. honest but kind debriefs will, yeah. will make you a better teaching partner. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, teaching, well, teaching just like dancing, there's a certain element of trust that has to be in there. And yeah, that trust yeah. will only build if you're honest with each other. Yeah. And sometimes if you're in a bad mood and you don't want to debrief and it's just going to make things worse, don't debrief. Like, it's not something you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, that's If it's going to make things worse, just ignore it. Anyway, so yeah, that, that's point number seven. We're up to number eight. Number eight. Be honest if you don't know something. Anyone yeah. who has ever done a class with me knows that I am painfully honest when I don't know something. <laughs> um, but like, I, 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 part of it goes back again to that approachability. That okay. sort of like, I'm not an expert. I know more than some people. That's as far as I'll go. Just you've been go. doing it for a little bit longer. Exactly. I've been yeah. doing it for longer. I've been teaching it for a while now. So you come up to the same questions and you've had to figure it out before. So I am no expert. And sometimes people will come at me with a question. And I'm like, I actually have no idea. One moment, please. Jack? <laughs> <laughs> no, as in like, let's do the move and let me figure out what foot I'm on at this number. You know, just yeah. be, be honest about it. And just, and I say, I use this, this applies to everything in life. Like I see, I use it at work all the time when I have uh, just, you know, the people, the team members. And, you know, uh, the customer asked me this question. I don't know the answer. Tell them you don't know the answer. <laughs> but like, there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. 
But then you follow yeah. it up with, let me find out. That, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the censure. Don't just walk away. <laughs> I don't know. Walk away. Ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> what foot am I on? I don't know. Leaves. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think okay. uh, just be honest. Be honest. Yeah, I, I quite like the, when I get a question that I don't know the answer to, that's quite exciting. Then you're yeah, like, agreed. Oh, I've got to figure something out. I think one of the last times it happened was a question about, it was a history question about Lindy Hop. And I was like, okay, I don't actually know. I will have to go and research it and come back. And so I went away and then that night researched the hell out of it. Next week, the student came back. I was like, you, you asked me a question. Here's the answer. Blah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what? I asked you what? Oh, yeah, I did too. Oh, thanks. And they left. <laughs> so clearly it was no, a pivotal I, moment in their lives as well. Oh, yeah. I got way more out of it than they did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so number okay, cool. nine? Number nine. Uh, keep up your own studies. Mm. Your own Lindy Hop studies. Improve your own dancing. Because the, the Lindy Hop world is not a stagnant thing. There is, like, it's constantly changing and evolving. Yeah. Lindy Hop well, the Lindy around. Hop and the Balboa and I'm sure Collegiate Shag and like the swing dance world. Yeah, everything changes and morphs over the years. Like you watch ILHCs from 2005 and 2015 and they are doing very different movesets and different ways yeah. of leading and following and different teaching mentalities and the way they word things. So if you're mm. a teacher that was teaching in 2015 and you get asked to teach in 2020 and you say he and she... Like, all right, guys over there, girls over there, because that's how you taught for the last like yeah. five years when you were teaching. You look um, rude and very outdated. Yeah. Even though you don't mean it in any mean or malice way, it's just because you haven't kept up their studies and you haven't kept teaching, you're using words that just are outdated. That now, are outdated. That people don't use. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would, I would definitely agree. So every now and again, we get a teacher in that hasn't taught for a while and they start using those words and we're like, oh, that's awkward. Oh awkward please please use these words yes <laughs> but it's follow, really hard it's and I, I i sympathize sometimes with those teachers because um i'm thinking of one teacher in particular they they don't teach regularly they'll yeah. do like spotlight filler ins kind of teaching and so it's they haven't had to practice that new vocabulary because it took us um, months it, of practice to oh change God, yeah. It. yeah 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 100 yeah, percent uh but yeah the same thing happens with moves or the ways people lead and follow like the a-frame technique in balboa like yeah. feet apart, leaning right into each other. Yeah, yeah. It's not really taught anymore. No, it really and so isn't. If you go to a class it's, and teach, it's that, almost confronting when someone have been taught. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Go for it. Yeah, when a teacher comes in and starts teaching that, and all the students have been taught not to do it, it's a little bit like, yeah. oh, who do I listen to? Do I listen to the old school teacher or the teacher has been learning for the last five years still? Do you think there's an element? So to use just specifically that example, do you think there's an element of still doing it that way for, in that class, giving it a go that way? Oh, yeah, no, I still would if I was yeah. a student. Yeah. Because it obviously worked. Like, it was done for years that way. Yeah. And potentially still is going to be done next year. Yeah. Someone's going to realize that it makes it way easier to do this. Yeah. So much space so, yeah. for the feet. <laughs> but don't lose connection or you stack it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, keep up your own studies. Go to workshops, do private lessons, watch YouTube clips, stay relevant to the scene. Don't just yeah. like rely on your knowledge from the last you know decade and expect it to stay the same because it won't. No, it really won't. That's your tip number nine. What's our tip number ten? 
Don't mind how, oh yeah, we threw this at the very end because one of ours overlapped. Um, <laughs> less words and more dancing. Oh yes, we so should apply that to this podcast. To the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jinx. Um, yep. So people are there to dance. Let them dance. Yeah. That's it. That's all we're going to say about it. Less yeah, words. Yeah, pretty much. Less words. Explain it once. Let them dance it. Don't yeah. keep explaining it. Don't mm. keep de- beating a dead horse or whatever the expression is. Let Flogging them try a dead it. horse. That's the one. Yeah. Let people try it. Count them yeah. in. Let them do it. Let them chat. Let them work it out. Mm. I Who can keep it? talking about it, but I probably shouldn't. Um, <laughs> I can't. No, no. There's someone. Uh, is it Ramona or Evita or someone like that? Who? Uh, no, it was Nina. Nina Gilkinson. She, whenever she taught a class and she, someone would ask a question, she would always say, let's do it first. And then if you still have your question, then I'll answer it. Yeah, then you okay. can ask it. You know, she wouldn't let anyone ask a question right away. She's like, give it a gotcha. go first and yep. then see if that actually answers the question. Because she's like, nine times out of ten, it'll answer the question. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Okay. That's a good, follow- that's a good way to do it. Yeah. Sweet. Well, we've got through 10 tips for swing dancers. Yeah, top 10 tips. So should we just recap briefly? So number one, be kind. And remember that other people are experts at something. They're not a a kindergartner. They are an adult. Yes. Number two. Learn about your students. Learn how they learn. Learn why they're there. Learn their name. Learn about your students. Yeah. Number three, always over prep for class. (laughs) And if you want to be prepared, teach it next week. Yeah. Number four. Number four. Teach what you do. Don't just parrot something that sounds good. Figure out what you mm-hmm. actually do and then teach that. <laughs> yep. Number five. Jump into rotation. It goes to also getting to know your students, but also just, you know, breaking down that barrier, man. <laughs> number six. Uh, number six. Debrief. Have a chat with your dance partner after class to figure out what mm-hmm. went well and what didn't well so you can improve as a teaching couple. Yes. Number seven, do both roles so that you can have a better understanding of what you're teaching from all its perspectives. Number eight, keep on studying, go to workshops, mm-hmm. listen to podcasts like this one. <laughs> uh, keep watching YouTube clips, stay relevant, keep up to date. Yep. Number nine, be honest if you don't know something and use it as an opportunity to learn something. And number 10, less words, more dancing. Lol. <laughs> Cool. All right. That's a, that's a good recap. Yes. Uh, so that brings us to the, the last bit of our show, which uh, we're not going to do a challenge this week. So we replaced the, uh, the quiz with a, either a challenge or a did you know? And I'm very excited about my did you know this week. So Shishal really, hasn't told me yet either. So I'm like dying to know what is this <laughs> did you know? Okay. It's about the Sydney Opera House. Okay. okay, yep. So the Sydney Opera House, apparently, the, the exterior of it was built and designed completely independently from the interior of it, right? Oh, right. So okay. there's apparently when you're inside, there's bits of the interior that don't actually join to the exterior. It's kind of just like, yeah, it's, it's not a very, it's not an outstanding work of art. Let's put it that way. Huh. But okay. my favorite thing is that, so this is where, you know, the, the ballet and international really fancy, fancy shows. So on the stage, they've got the wings are not long enough to accommodate for the ballerinas when they do like their, their jeté off on, into the wings. Oh, and, you really? And when they disappear off into the yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. So what they've done to compensate 
is they've padded the walls. And they just leap <laughs> into the walls. Oh my god. I know. Is there videos of this? No, I, I don't know. I don't think so. But I think it's like the best. Like imagine, you know, the <laughs> prima ballerina from Russia, blah, 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 blah. You're just going to jete into this wall. In their like ten thousand dollar tutu, they can't but then get I was thinking like, oh my god, can we put Velcro on their tutus and then like Velcro <laughs> on the thing and they just are like <laughs> stick? That would be pretty funny. Yeah. So yeah, that was oh, my cool. uh, the thing I found. I discovered. Make so Kenneth aerials. That. If I just like do a lamppost of you into the wings at a wall, at a wall. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that, that was hilarious fun. and and a good fun fact. So anyone who's in Sydney, if anyone is listening to this in Sydney, can you send us video evidence? (laughs) All right, Sydney, there's your challenge. Go get a video of the wings from the opera house. All right. That's the end of the podcast. That's the end of us. Well, we'll do it in two weeks. Yes. It's not the the end end. (laughs) It is the end of this (laughs) podcast. Well well said, Jethro. Um, I am going to play an outro. I have recorded myself. I found a piano on my road trip. Oh, amazing. A tiny town, middle of nowhere. Put my phone up, recorded me playing on this nice little piano. So I will, Charlotte's going to put this recording into Together. the podcasty bit. And <gasps> she's now going to talk over it uh, doing, the, doing the credits. Oh, okay. So, I see what you're doing. Thank you okay. all very much. I'm letting Charlotte know now. Good prepping, Charlotte. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I should have overprepped that. that. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can look through our um, list of top 10 things this isn't teaching us so it's fine no uh, t- so next week the tips on podcasting yeah Tip- <laughs> what or something tips else. on po- yeah yeah top 10 tips of podcasting that should definitely okay, be a thing anyway, that we need to go we will leave it there thank you very much for listening this has been Charlotte and Jethro Untangling the Miss Around we will see you all next time in a fortnight you'll, you'll hear us next time yeah, Bye. you'll see me tonight, or like, well, maybe not. Anyways, Jethro with the outro. Thank you to the Osvig Band for participating in the experiment and the PSDS for organizing it. We would also like to thank um, the New Zealand government for accepting Jethro and Amy into their midst. And a shout out to Akriti. Yay! Teaching with Jetro. Very exciting, very exciting. And a big shout out, obviously, to everyone on Patreon who continues to support us to this day. And we wouldn't be where we are today without the hard work and support of all of the Swingsing team. Thank you guys. You're the best.